Good evening, everyone. Yes, you can call me the bearded one. Welcome to uh, everyone online this evening, especially Yovana. Enjoying me from the couch. Don't make a habit of it. Yes. You know, I uh, recently worked out that um, I I might be able to keep my beard for a little bit longer. Because I promised Yovana that I would shave it off in summer. I did, I promised. And I intend on keeping that promise. But I never said which summer. (laughs) And and check this out. Summer of 2021, nah, that's done. Summer of 2022, that just, it has a ring to it. So uh, (laughs) anyways, uh, jokes aside, well, not really. I uh, have a bit of a joke to start off tonight. It's not really a joke, it's from the Word of God though. It's uh, in my devotions, uh, this week, I stumbled across something so juicy, something so hilarious, something so random. Did you know, this is why you should read the Bible. Reading the Bible is really good because there's, there's some good stuff in there. Did you know that there is recorded in Scripture, Word of Life, the Word of God, truth, a nudie run? It's true, and it's not even in the Old Testament. It is not Crazy Dave raving down the footpath. It is New Testament. There is a, Pastor Fred, did you know that? There's a nudie run in the New Testament, and it is in the most most weird and awkward of moments. I've, I've got black and white scripture for you. Let's throw that one up on the screen, Anthony. Check this out, Mark chapter 14. Verses 43 to 58. Now, this is, where, this is the middle of Jesus being betrayed and arrested. And so immediately, even as Jesus said, this Judas, blah, 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 blah. The others grabbed him. You know, swords coming out by Pete, chopping off ears. And then check this out. Check this out. Then all of his disciples, verse 50, are you reading this with me? All of his disciples deserted him and ran away. One young man following behind was clothed only in a long linen shirt. When the mob tried to grab him, he slipped out of his shirt and ran away naked. (laughs) Oh man, I brought that up in every conversation this week, every catch up, every pastoral meeting, every discipleship time. I told someone there's a nudie run in the Word of God. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. I mean, if you think about it, it was how God intended it. It's true. You know, I, I love the Gospel of Mark. Uh, he, he always puts just these little bits of extra information that none of the other Gospels put in there. And it's, it's normally quite humorous. Like the, the walking on the water part, go read that in Mark, adds a little bit extra. It's just, it's absolutely hilarious. And, and so I thought, well, you know, I need to do a study on this nakedness. I need to do a word study. I need to go into theology, doctrine. I read not one commentary, multiple commentaries. I went into the original text. Like I went bananas over this thing, literally. And, and, and I've got some information for you. So some say that it might have been a rich guy, thus the linen cloth, like not just any fabric, but linen fabric, like 
you know, if you say that you got a linen dress now at Seed or Country Roads, like just add an extra $100 because it's linen, whatever. Young man, so he's, a, he's potentially a rich young man who lived close by and just came out to see what was going on and uh, in the commotion, didn't have time to get dressed fully. So he just throws on a little bit of linen and out he goes and, uh, well, that didn't serve him well. Others say it was recorded simply to show that the oppressors who'd come were just a bunch of brutes. I'm like, okay, thank you, Matthew Henry, good try. Some also said that maybe it was Mark. I liked this one, writing about himself. I was like, hey, way to, you know, slip in just a little sneaky, like, you know, famous moment for Mark, bit of Hollywood factor there. Like, because if you look just before, he says in verse 47, but one of the men with Jesus pulled out his sword and struck the high priest's slave. We know from other gospels that was... Peter, well, the next part, the naked man running away, it's not in any other gospel. So we have no idea who it is. So could it have been Peter? Maybe. Could it have been, could it have been Mark? I guess we'll just have to wait and find out. There's literally no good reason for that to be in the Bible, in my opinion. It's like every commentary couldn't work it out. All the ones I read in the Greek, it was just normal words. Like he, the word naked is the same word that Jesus used when he said when I was naked and you clothed me, you know, you were doing a, a good thing. And people are like, oh, when did I ever meet you naked, Jesus? Anyways, it's the exact same word. There's nothing special about it. I just found it absolutely hilarious. Who did the nudie run? That will be one of the questions that I will ask when I get to heaven. There's lots of questions. That will be one of them. I thought it was hilarious. Anyway, it's got absolutely nothing to do with my sermon tonight. <laughs> I just thought it was funny and I'd share it with you and I hope it encourages you to read the Word of God more. So... <laughs> Tonight, I have entitled my preach, Anthony, you ready? Let's throw that one up. (laughs) The power of your words. Let me pray. Let me pray. Thank you, Jesus. God, we thank you that your word is, it's alive. God, it's full of awesome stories. It's full of goodness. God, it's full of your love. God, I pray tonight that you would truly open it up to our spirit, God. Holy Spirit, illuminate it to us. Help us to walk out more like you. Help us to walk out tonight changed, a little bit closer, a little bit more encouraged to do what you have asked us to do, I pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen. Amen. Well, I wanna start with a video tonight to set the tone for my preach. So peel your eyes to the screen. will happen now. We've got some difficult days ahead. But it really doesn't matter with me now because I've been to the mountaintop. I don't mind. Like anybody, I would like to live a long life. Longevity has its place. But I'm not concerned about that now. I just want to do God's will. And he's allowed me to go up to the mountain. And I've looked over. And I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you. But I want you to know tonight. That we as a people will get to the promised land. Oh, there's more. 
God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The greatest love story ever told. Fight for liberty. In the 17th chapter of St. Luke it is written, the kingdom of God is within man, not one man nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the power. It will not be easy. Start each day with a task completed. Find someone to help you through life. Respect everyone. Know that life is not fair and that you will fail often. But if you take some risks, step up when the times are the toughest, face down the bullies, lift up the downtrodden, and never, ever give up. If you do these things, the next generation and the generations that follow will live in a world far better than the one we have today. And what started here will indeed have changed the world for the better. Words are very, 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 very powerful. Over the generations, words have been used to, to, to cause nations to do incredible things, to do crazy things. Over the, over the years and time, you know, Adolf Hitler, Abraham Lincoln, Nelson Mandela. Think of these people that have had influence, Martin Luther King Jr. and, you know, Billy Graham, Jesus Christ. Words are powerful. Words are so powerful. Words have the power to bring life or to cause death. Words have the greatest of power to change atmospheres, to influence nations and to make history. Words are powerful. What we, what we speak out or what we think can, can, can literally change our life. And it can also change the lives of those around us. Words are powerful. I want to read to you uh, from James chapter 3 tonight. And it talks about controlling the tongue. Verse 1, it says, Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church, for we who teach will be judged more strictly. Indeed, we all make many mistakes. For if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. But a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness, corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No. And you can't draw water, fresh water, 
from a salty spring. You can try all you want to, but it won't work. You can try and draw fresh water out of a salty spring, you will fail every time. It's the same with with our life, with our well, with our reservoir. If it is not being filled up with the freshness of the Word of God, if it is not being filled up with the goodness of the Word of God, then it's gonna start to be tainted by what is in the world around us. And then what comes out is not going to be good. You know, we, we, we sung a song tonight about the power of the name of Jesus. But I'm not hearing that much anymore. I'm hearing about the power of the government. I'm, I'm hearing about the power of all of these health issues. And I'm hearing about all of the issues and problems. And we, we're starting to prophesy and speak out all of this negativity over our lives. I believe it's because we're not filling our souls up with the power of the Word of God. We've got to start to confess, start to prophesy, start to declare every day, not just on Sunday when we sing the songs that the worship leaders have chosen to lead us into the presence of God, but no, every day start to, start to use the, the power of the name of Jesus, start to use the power of the Word of God, start to declare truth, start to declare life, start to declare the goodness of being a child of God. You know, I think that's why this summit is gonna be such a powerful time. You know, my, my personal word to me from God as I've been praying into this time for us as a church is that for us as a group, as a, as a family, it's gonna be a time of power. But then I also got, a, got the word personal. There's gonna be a personal experience for each and every one that comes to this time. This is a mountaintop experience with your father. Draw close to him. What does he say? I'll draw close to you. We lean into him. He leans in toward us. I believe it's gonna be a powerful time for Emerge Church, but I also believe for you that it's gonna be a personal time for you, that each and every single person that comes to the summit is gonna receive something personal, designed by God just for you. It's not just a corporate experience. It's gonna be a personal time with God. You know, from a healthy well, we can draw good things. We can draw strength, the strength we need to to do the will of God in our lives. When we have words of life inside of us, we can speak them out into every situation. Jesus said in Mark 11, verses 23 to 24, he said, I tell you the truth, you can say, you can say, you can speak, you can use your words, you can speak to this mountain. May you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. But you must really believe it and it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. Jesus said again, I told you, you can pray, which means you can ask, you can speak, you can talk to God. You can say the things that you need to God for anything. You can, you can pray. This is Jesus saying, I tell you, you can pray. You can ask for anything. And if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. You see, sometimes I think we, we read the Bible, but we don't believe the Bible. Because the Bible says it will be yours. I love that the Bible is bold enough to make absolute statements. Absolute truth. Because if we don't believe stuff like that, 
then how will we ever believe any of the Bible? We've got to believe this stuff. Just because we can't see it in the natural, it's not the natural that we, we need to entertain, I believe, in our lives anymore. I believe we need to start entertaining the supernatural power of God. Because the, the natural will never serve us well. The natural is, is the ways of the world. The natural is the ways of our flesh, which seeks its own desires and it, it craves what's only good for it for a moment. Words are powerful. Words are powerful. What you speak and what you think is so, so important. Words can harm or words can build. You, you, can, you can hurt someone or you can help someone just with the spoken word. You see, it was the word of God that spoke everything into existence. It was the word of God that continues to hold everything together. Without the breath of God, without the spoken word of God, nothing would exist. Because it was only through the word that all things came into existence. Everything around you exists because God allows it to. It's not man, it's not, it's not science. It's bigger than all of that. The word of God, the spoken word of God is bigger than it all. It has more power than it all. You can rely on the Word of God. It can do things. It can change things. Words have the power to do harm. They can cause destruction, disunity. They can tear down and hurt. Hurtful things. One of my close friends said this very wise statement to me many, 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 many years ago. Hurtful things are said from a hurting heart. If someone says something hurtful to you, you don't have to accept those words. You can choose to not accept those words. They can be spoken, but you don't have to allow them into you. But rather maybe go, well, why are they saying such hurtful things? Hurtful things are said from a hurting heart. It's awesome. Words that tear down and destroy come from a heart that is filled with bitterness and issues. I want to encourage you, church, to be someone that when you, when you get attacked with words, be someone that, that looks beyond those words and sees to the reason why someone might be speaking like that. Someone's starting to, you know, to rally or to stir. Maybe it's because they're actually living in fear or they're scared or they feel like they're, they're being backed into a corner and they don't know what else to do. Be someone who, who, is, who is grounded and founded in the word of God in your life so that the words that come against you don't intimidate you. They don't attack you. They don't, they don't impact you. These words are words that come from the enemy. The enemy sneaking in and dropping little seeds and trying to, trying to cause issues. When, when he speaks, he lies. He can't tell the truth. It's impossible for the enemy to tell the truth. He can tell a twisted version of the truth, but he cannot tell you the truth. He only lies. Negative words, bad words, hurting words, words that destroy you, they also come from our flesh. James says, it's not the enemy who tempts us, it's not God, it's our flesh. Jealousy, envy, gossip, 
all cause negative words to rise up in our lives. What words have you been listening to lately? Your ear gate is a way into your soul. So what words have you been listening to lately? What words of music? What words of movies? What words of series? What words of podcasts? What words have you been listening to lately? And do, does the amount of that content outweigh the content that you have been accessing in the Word of God? Because I can tell you what your well is probably filled up with. And it's only out of that well that you have to live by. Only what you take in and what you put in, what you choose, is all that you have to live off. What words maybe that you haven't been listening to, but you can listen, doesn't mean you have to accept them, like I said. So, so what words maybe have you been allowing to be spoken into you or to be thought? Because they're both just as powerful. Sometimes I, I firmly believe that the unspoken word is more powerful because there's power in secrecy. There's power in the darkness because there's a reward. It's actually a God-designed reward. Because when you do your good things and you don't let your left hand know what your right hand's doing, you're not standing on the street corner promoting all out, God says, your Father in heaven who sees in the secrecy rewards that. See that? There's a reward in the, in the, in the darkness for good things, but it's the same for bad. There's a reward in, in secrecy and in darkness for bad things. It's the consequence. I believe there's too many of us speaking contrary to the word of God in our lives. I believe there's too many of us speaking a negative confession over our minds and over our bodies. We're starting to choose an identity that, that Christ died to free you from. We're starting to say, I, I have anxiety. I am anxious. I am depressed. I am fearful. I am worried about what is going on rather than saying, no, 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 I, I do not have those things. No, I am royalty. No, I, I have peace in Christ. No, I have victory in the name of Jesus. No, no I am more than a conqueror. No, I'm, a, I'm at the head and not at the tail. See, what you confess over yourself, you will start to believe and it will actually determine the way you live your life. I believe there's too many of us that are listening to the words of the world and allowing them to cause fear and doubt and it's causing stress and anxiety and it needs to stop. What we confess over ourselves holds power. But can I tell you, you need to start to confess the power of the name of Jesus again. You need to start to confess what the Word of God says about you and who you are. You need to start to confess the, that the name of Jesus is greater than all of those things going on in your life and that you are a child of God and you are chosen and He did die for you and He does have a plan for your life. It's how you combat those issues that are starting to attack you to try and destroy you and hold you down. See, there's power in your words. Maybe tonight you need to repent of the words that you've spoken over others. Maybe tonight you need to repent of the words that you've spoken over yourself. We don't need the world to tell us what to do or how to live. We've got a book from God for that. That's got all the answers, even cool random weird stuff. We need to read the word of God and speak the words of life over our situations. 
When you speak the truth of God over a situation or into a circumstance, it by default will build faith in your life to truly then believe for what you are asking him for in that prayer. Rather than just confessing the issues and the problems, that's that's not gonna cause faith. That's gonna do the very opposite. That's gonna get you down. It's gonna cause you to struggle and doubt that God might be able to do something. But when you confess the truth, of the Word of God, it will cause faith to come into that situation. We need to speak the words of life over our minds, over our bodies, and over every circumstance. We need to be wise. It's good to look after ourselves, but I wanna encourage you tonight that you can put your faith in God. You can put your faith in God. He can do it. He can do it. There is no substitute for the power of the Holy Spirit. There is no substitute for the power in the name of Jesus. His name is the name that is what? It's above every other name. Who is he? He's the king, what? King of all kings. Who is he? He's the Lord of what? He's the Lord of all lords. Come on, you're, you're, you're Jesus, you're God, your Father, the one who, who loves you. He, what? he created absolutely everything, all the heavens and all the earth, all eternity for you and I to spend it with Him. That's who He is. There's no greater truth than the truth of the Word of God. You will not find truth in all of those other things. Words have the power to bring life. They can do harm, they can also bring life. Words that build and refresh and restore and excite and encourage come from a heart that is full of the goodness of God. It comes from a heart that is full of, full of the love of God, full of the word of God. This is how I want us to start to approach these attacks is how I want us to start to approach the, 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 the news, the media, the, the things around us. We need to replace those words with words from God. Yeah. We need to start to access the words of God more than we access the words of the world. Once we've got them, we can then speak them. Once you have the words of God, you can then use the words of God. I've got a couple of scenarios from the Bible I wanna go through. In John chapter eight, I wonder what the woman who was caught in adultery and thrown at the feet of Jesus would have thought to herself. I wonder what words were flying around in her mind in that moment. How did I get here? What did I do to deserve this? Why has my life turned out this way? What, at what point change? Will I ever be loved? Will anyone ever want me? Oh, they're, they're probably, uh, this is it. This is the end. They're probably gonna stone me. All those words, all those thoughts. But Jesus, Jesus said to her, didn't even one of them condemn you? Neither do I. Neither do I condemn you. Just go and sin no more. You see, we can, we can allow the thoughts of the enemy, we can allow our thoughts to run wild, but we need to take hold of the Word of God and the Word of God says, neither do I condemn you, just go and sin no more. 
take hold of that word, take hold of that promise, rather than accepting and allowing the lies that we have been. What, what about Zacchaeus, Luke 19? You know, he, he, he could have given up before he even tried to see Jesus walking by. What's the point? No, no one likes me. Everybody hates me. No one wants to be my friend. Like, like, uh, there, there is no reason why anyone would want to want to get to know me. Like, like, I, I'm not even worthy to look at Jesus. Imagine the thoughts that, that that could have stopped him from climbing that tree. Imagine if he had have allowed those thoughts to win out in that moment. But what happened? He said, "No, no. Uh, maybe there's hope." Maybe if I just see Jesus, it'll, it'll help me to, to live on a little longer, you know. And, and what does Jesus do? Quickly. Zacchaeus, quickly come down. For I, I love this next word, must be a guest in your home today. I must be a guest in your home today. See, Jesus knows exactly what you are going through at the exact moment when you need him the most. You, you need to reach out to him. Because he knows that he must be present in your situation for you to get through what you are going through. See, it was the words of Jesus that came to Jericho that day that changed his life forever. I wonder if there could be a Christian that could start to walk around the streets that they live in and start to speak out the words of life over their neighbours like Jesus did to, to be so in tune with the Holy Spirit that, that you are hearing that this person needs you right now in this situation to go and just bring some words of life into their circumstance. What about David, 1 Samuel 17, when David heard the giant slandering the people of God and he asked to go and meet him, what would have happened if he had have listened to his brothers? What would have happened if he had have listened to Saul? You're not a seasoned warrior, you're just a boy. Like, imagine if he had have listened to that and then maybe he gets through that, but what if he had have listened to the, to the mockery of Goliath when he actually gets up the courage to then go out and face him. And Goliath is like, what is this that you send a, a boy, man? I'm gonna, you have no, no idea what I'm gonna do to you. I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna kill you. I'm gonna give you flesh to the birds and the wild animals. And David could have heard that and ran away in fear. David, David could have entertained the mockery and, and allowed it to cause, cause fear or, or doubt to, to become what he was going to listen to. But no, he, he chose to listen to the Word of God because he'd spent time in his presence. He, he wasn't sitting in the field scrolling. No, no, no. He was sitting in the field worshipping the King of Kings. Come on, he wasn't, he wasn't finding no purpose in his seemingly meaningless job out there, just looking after his father's sheep when his father wasn't even really that proud of him. No, no, he spent time in his one true father's presence so that when a circumstance came along like this, he could say, you come to me with sword, spear and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Today the Lord will conquer you and I will kill you and cut off your head. And what did he do? He did the very thing to him that Goliath said he was gonna do to him. Left his body to the birds and the wild animals. Off he walked with his trophy head. You know, I wonder what thoughts and words would Moses have dealt with? Murderer, stutterer, as if you'll ever lead, as if you could ever be used. 
as if God, it's been 39 years. God's left you. The 40 years, burning bush. Imagine if, if Moses had given up, he never would have led God's people out of slavery and into the promised land. What about Gideon? Gideon might never have seen the victory for his people. What about Esther? She, if she had have entertained thoughts, and there would have been a lot of them, she might never have saved her people from utter annihilation. What about Peter? What if Peter had have listened to the, to the thoughts of the people around him or to the, to the lies of the enemy? He never would have got up, out, up and out of that boat. He never would have been in the upper room. He never would have come back. He never would have been filled with the Holy Spirit. He never would have preached an amazing message and seen thousands and thousands of people added into the family of God in, in one moment. He never would have been the leader of the, the early church there in Jerusalem. If he had have entertained the lies and the thoughts and allowed them to take root in his life rather than to speak the truth of the Word of God over him, he never would have made it. We need to use the Word of God to cut through the lies of the enemy and the thoughts from our flesh. We need to use the Word of God to bring encouragement and life to His will and His plans. What thoughts and words were thought and spoken by so many people in the Bible that if they had have listened to them, they could have held them back from seeing God move in them and through them. Your words are powerful. It's time to start to confess the truth of the Word of God over your life. It's time to start to combat the issues that are coming against you with the truth of the Word of God. Paul puts it like this. He says, appropriate your faith. Treat it as if you've already received it because you have, because he's already died on the cross. He's already conquered it all. Everything was done and defeated. We sung it tonight. It is done. That's what Jesus said. So we, we need to decide, are we going to believe the word of life that Jesus has spoken over us or to believe what the world says? Can I get the band to come back up, please? Have you been sitting on a dream for too long because you're too scared that it might fail if you, if you try it? What's stopping you? What's stopping you from, from putting that dream into motion? We've got one life to live. We've got one moment to, to give to the family around us. We've got, we got one life to do what God has asked us to do. One chance. Have you been holding back a desire or a vision from God for your life? Have you been holding back, thinking you're too unqualified or you're not ready enough? I've sinned too much, I've gone too far. Because that's not what God says over you. It's not what the Word of God reveals from, from the beginning, from Genesis, all the way to Revelation, all through the Old Testament, into the New Testament, time and time again. God has shown to us in the Word of God that He is for us and not against us. That His love for us is absolute. I mean, at what point would God have given up on us otherwise? You think of all of the people that God chose to use in the Old Testament and what they did and what they allowed and how much they sinned. That is a lie from the pit of hell. Because if God can use murderers and prostitutes and adulterers, He can use you. 
if God can use people in the New Testament who doubted, He can use you. We need to start to really truly believe this love letter from the Word of God and start to daily speak it out over our lives. Start to declare and prophesy that no, I will not accept what my my flesh is leaning towards. I will not accept what the world says. I'm going to choose to believe what the Word of God says. Have you been keeping your faith to yourself and not shining your light out for all the people in your world to see the goodness of being a child of God? Maybe tonight you need to speak to that doubt. Maybe you need to speak to that lie tonight. Maybe you need to speak to the enemy of your soul tonight and say, devil, no more. Devil, not tonight, not tomorrow, not today, no more will I allow you to hold me back from the freedom that Jesus Christ has already hung on the cross for me to have. No more. I'm gonna choose to believe what He says over me. No longer will I give in to the plans and schemes of the enemy. No longer will I live in fear of what might happen to me. I mean, think about this. What's the worst that could happen? Heaven? It's a pretty good worst case scenario for the Christian family. Like honestly, what are you so afraid of? What is holding you back from from standing up for your generation and fighting for them harder than the enemy is fighting for them? What is holding you back from teaching people about the goodness of being a child of God? What's What's the worst case scenario? Think about it. And is that really that scary to you? Come on, you need to start to confess the Word of God over your life. Why don't you stand to your feet tonight? I am more than a conqueror. I have victory in Jesus Christ. Come on, I am royalty. I am chosen by God. I am His very own special possession. I have a plan and an identity over my life from the King of all kings. Fear must go tonight. Come on, the Bible says in 2 Timothy 1 verse 7, I have not been given a spirit of fear and timidity, but I have been given a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. Come on, when you struggle with that sin this week, no, no, I have been given a spirit of self-discipline. When you when you battle with that negative, depressive thoughts of suicide or, or la- lack of value, you can say this week, no, no, I am loved and chosen by Jesus. My value was His life hanging on the cross. When you struggle this week with your identity, you can say, no, no, I am found in Jesus Christ. Come on, you need to start to declare the Word of God over your life. You need to start to confess the power of the Name of Jesus over your life. No longer will you listen more to the ways of the world. Come on church, we need to rise up. We need to take hold and authority over our lives. We need to take back what the enemy has stolen from us in our present and our future. Jesus, oh Lord.